Welcome back to the Wisconsin Runner Podcast. Spencer Agnew here. Happy running. I got to get that in because my friend Thomas Breitbach is not with us today. Um, he is out west in Seattle with the Lady Badgers getting ready for a competition. So shout out to him. Good luck to the Badgers. Um, but the show must go on. You got to give the people what they want. So we are here with Caitlin Kowalki, who's an Olympic trials qualifier, 2020, also 2016. Um, from Peoria, Illinois, competed for the Badgers, um, super successful collegiate career, and has kind of carried that on post-collegiately and professionally. Um, thanks for being here with us. Thank you. I'm yeah, really happy, really excited to have you here. So we got the trials in a couple weeks. Um, we'll get to that. I think for the listeners, let's go back to the beginning and kind of talk about how you got into running. Kind of how did that journey start and sure. take us through kind of your experiences. Sure. So I think... Um, I would say it all started with my mom. Uh, she, you know, was a big runner. When I was growing up, I would watch her, you know, put on her shoes, put on her sunglasses in the morning before she even started her day. And um, she would go out for, you know, 30 to 40 minutes. And um, she'd, come, she'd come back home and she'd be all smiles. And, um, you know, I just, I grew up around, around that. And I saw how much she loved it. And I remember, you know, just watching her, you know, run down our street and say, that looks like so much fun. And eventually, um, you know, I, I think I got into some little like local fun, fun runs, you know, and she would take, take me there. Um, and I actually had a ton of cousins in the area. And I think my aunts and uncles would bring my cousins and we would all meet at this little fun run. And, um, so I think that's, you know, that's how it started was just watching my mom, you know, she was always chasing, me and my brothers around and I was being chased around by my brothers. Yeah. So I think I was just always running growing up. Um, I spent a lot of time outside and, um, and then eventually I, I got into some other sports. Um, I found that I had a passion for soccer. I loved soccer. Um, so I got into that sport at a young age. Um, and I was a left midfielder. So I was just constantly running. Always running. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, I would say I would say I actually I got into running because of my mom, but then I found, you know, I, I really loved soccer, so I spent um, a majority of my childhood playing travel soccer, and okay. um, and you know I was I would go into I would run some races, you know, um, in between there, but um, then I really found my passion for running when I um, when I started doing track in middle school. And, and I loved competing. I just loved testing myself. And, you know, as I got older, I realized, okay, I, I enjoy these two things. I enjoy soccer and I enjoy running. Um, and as I got older, I, I realized, okay, at some point I'm probably going to have to decide, you know, what do I really want to pursue? What do I really want to, um, you know, what do I really want to go after? And that, um, decision kind of, I realized had to come in high school when, um, I was, I was actually, um, on the varsity soccer team my freshman year and I ran cross country my freshman year as well. And I realized, you know, I'm not going to be able to run track because the track season conflicted with the soccer season. So, um, it was actually going into my sophomore year of high school. I decided, you know, I love soccer, but you know, I was, 80 pounds at that time. I was super small. I was getting knocked around on the soccer field. And I knew I really wanted to pursue 
running at that point. Um, as, as fun as soccer was for me, I loved the team dynamic, um, but running I knew was where my future was. So I ended up quitting the soccer team and um, kind of putting all my eggs in that, in that basket. Um, and I ran cross country and track the following year and then, um, and then the rest of my high school career. Awesome. How was your, the competitive aspect of that? Were you always, even from middle school on, um, competing at a really high level? Um, you know, I would say, I would say yes, I was. I think seventh and eighth grade was when I started becoming more serious okay. with running. Um, I went to, I went to state, um, you know, in seventh and eighth grade and competed and, um, you know, in those higher level, um, meets, but, um, I didn't run cross country in middle school. I cross country was actually, um, I didn't get thrown into that until my freshman year of high school. And that's when I really loved, I decided I really loved running. Okay. Um, so, you know, I had some success in cross country. Um, you know, my freshman year, and that's kind of what um, propelled me to, you know, make that decision right. my sophomore year. Um, so I, I kind of thought to myself, you know, if I've had this, mis this much success in cross country, you know, what can I do on the track? And just not knowing that was hard for me. So that's why I kind of had to, I had to make that decision um, because I really wanted to see, you know, how how fast I could get and, mm -hmm. you know, how much improvement um, I could make over the years. And the only only way I could do that was if I competed and if I was in those, um, you know, in those um, environments and in those meets. So mm -hmm. I feel like that's a, a really common kind of story mm -hmm. and is with a lot of competitive athletes, um, competitive runners. We've got different sports that we're doing exactly. early in our careers. Yeah. And then see a little bit of success in running. Yes. That pushes us there, but then yeah. long term it's more of the passion totally. for running yes. that pushes us. Exactly. So it's it's a blessing that they have a little bit of success. Yes. Um, but it's not the only reason you're in the sport. Exactly. Which is awesome. Exactly. Um, so your your success and your passion for the sport in high school gave you the opportunity to compete at the collegiate level. Um, how was the recruiting process and how did you end up coming to Wisconsin? Yeah, that's a great question. So the recruiting process was a bit overwhelming at first, mm -hmm. um, you know, because I had some success in high school and I'm still so young at that point. And, you know, you have people reaching out to you saying, oh, you should come here, come see this school. This is what we can offer you, you know, and um, it's very overwhelming for a young kid who still doesn't really know, you know, who she is or what she wants. And, you know, the college decision is a big decision. So I wanted to, you know, make sure that I was soaking everything in and, um, you know, absorbing everything, um, you know, to make sure that I was making the right decision. So I would say, yes, it was overwhelming at first, but, um, you know, my parents were really supportive. Um, they never, you know, pressured me to go to a certain school. They're, they're Illinois fans, so okay. my brother, my oldest brother, Jimmy, um, wrestled at the University of Illinois. So I think they kind of secretly <laughs> were hoping that maybe I would go to the University of Illinois. Um, but, you know, when I came here for my first visit, I was just blown away. I loved everything about Madison, um, and it was my first time here. So um, I, I it just felt like home. It, it was... I think in the fall when I came for my first visit. So the colors were, you know, beautiful oh, and vibrant and the capital was beautiful and people were out running and biking and just a really active 
um, community and I, I really was drawn to that. Um, so what happened was I, I ended up coming for um, the Wisconsin Camp of Champs okay. my sophomore year. So summer going into my junior year okay. was when I came to the Camp of Champs and um, I got to meet the head coach Jim Stinsey. Um, loved him right away, just a really nice guy. Uh, kind of witty, dry sense of humor, um, just really, really fantastic guy. And um, I got to meet some of the women on the team, and everyone just seemed, you know, really cool, really happy. And um, you could tell that they enjoyed each other and they had fun. Um, you know, my mom told me, she said, and I think it's great advice for, for anyone um, going through the college experience. She said, you know, you want... You should you should go somewhere that you know if you're not running you could still see yourself being happy yes. and that was that was the easiest it was like a light bulb went off I'm like okay I know exactly where I want to be and that was at UW so um, it was kind of a gut feeling like once I once I came here I could see myself here long term and you know here I am what what year is it 20 <laughs> 20, 20 I'm here you know almost 11 years later and this is my new home. I love yeah. it. So that's awesome advice for, I feel like coaches to pass on their athletes mm -hmm. for athletes. Um, it seems like a common theme that we've had recently when we're talking to um, athletes who competed collegiately is you want to find a place that feels like home. Yes. And then a place that you could see yourself at without running, mm -hmm. um, which is, which is an awesome thing that you're able to find that here in Wisconsin. Exactly. Yeah. How did uh, that transition go throughout college then? that college experience? Yeah, so I would say freshman year, there was definitely, you know, a learning curve. Mm -hmm. um, you know, school was hard. Um, I was taking hard classes. Um, and then, you know, time management, that was a whole... I, I had some experience with it, obviously, in high school because I was I was competing um, in cross-country and track and, um, you know, had having to deal with, you know, schoolwork and all of that. So... Um, I had some taste of it, but once I got here, um, I would say it was just a whole other level because we, we do spend a lot of time, um, in, in class, um, and school was my number one priority. Obviously I was here for running, um, but I was here to get an education first and foremost. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I really wanted to work hard in the classroom and, um, you know, so I think the time management thing was was hard initially because we were also after you know we would go to um we would go to our classes we'd come and meet i think between like two and three if i remember correctly um at the at the stadium and that's where we had practice so we would go run come back you know do core or strength work or um you know some days we wouldn't do strength work. <laughs> <laughs> um but we were spending a lot of time you know at practice and then you know when we were done we would you know maybe go do pt or um, you know, get a massage or something like that. So there was just a lot of, a lot of time that was spent, um, you know, around running. Yes. So I was just, I struggled, I would say the first couple of months, just trying to figure out my schedule and, um, you know, and make sure that I was, I was giving, you know, my attention to my schoolwork and to my running and just figuring that balance. But also having fun too. Like I wanted to enjoy myself. Yes. On top of that. Yes. So, what would be your biggest piece of advice for somebody to kind of figure out that time management piece? 
Um, you know, that's a great question. So I actually, um, the great thing about, you know, running for university is you have, and really anyone, I think anyone has this ability. You don't even have to be an athlete, but you can always ask for help. You know, there are, so at, um, the stadium, um, the, it was called the Fetzer center. It was like the student athlete study area and they had resources for athletes. You know, they had tutors, they had, um, mentors. I actually asked for a mentor, um, my freshman year to just to help me kind of get my ducks in a row. Um, uh, she actually helped me hugely with like my time management and, um, I had no, no problem asking for help. And, um, her name's Tracy Maloney. I just adore her. I haven't talked to her in years, but she was just a wonderful human being. And really it was a huge help to me. Um, so yeah, I think asking for help, don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, and I think it paid off, you know, my grades were, were good that my freshman year and, um, you know, I excelled on, um, in cross country and, um, yeah. So I think, I think it was a good decision. Awesome. Yeah. And kind of building that routine. It seems like if you can start that early in your career, then it'll just take hold later on. Exactly. Awesome. And you had a very successful career at the Badgers. Um, Thank you. Big 10 champion, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, kind of talk about how that helped catapult you into the post-collegiate professional scene. Yeah. So, man, that was a long time coming. My, um, so I became a Big 10 champion. It was my um, last year at UW. So it was my fifth year. Um, so I, I had always wanted to be a Big 10 champion ever since, you know, my freshman year cross country. I think I, I forget if I was 11th or I don't remember exactly, but, um, I just remember being in that race and I remember, you know, watching the, the first place woman get her, her medal and like, Oh, I want to be a big 10 champion. Yes. That's, that's a, at that moment. That's when I decided, you know, I want to do that before I leave UW. So, um, that was a long time coming. Um, and that was, yeah, four years later when I, when I made that goal for myself. So, um, I think, you know, I was really, I was actually very healthy after I graduated from UW. I was coming off of a great, uh, track season and, um, I didn't really take much time off after I graduated. Um, so I ran at the NCAAs, you know, my, my fifth year, um, didn't take much time off. That's when I committed to um, run with Wazelle, um, a women's running apparel based out of Seattle. Um, so I just kept running, didn't take much time off. And I ended up, um, yeah, just stringing together like a really solid, probably nine months of training. And um, that's when I started racing for Wazelle. So I started racing in January of... Um, or maybe it was September, September of the following year. So, um, I think I was just really healthy. I was really fit. I had, you know, a ton of miles under my belt, but also a lot of quality, um, you know, um, speed work under my belt too. And I was actually just kind of coaching myself and, um, yeah. So I think, I think that the success that I had in college, um, you know, it got me fired up, got me excited for what I could do on the roads post-collegiately. Um, yeah. And I just think that my, my fitness carried over at that point. Did you know you were going to go right to the roads after that? Or did you have any thought about sticking to the track for a little I while? I think I knew. Okay. I think I knew right away. I knew I always wanted to do the marathon. Okay. Um, 
but I think I wanted to start, I wanted to start smaller. So for me, you know, smaller is relative, yes. right? Um, so I wanted to try, you know, the half marathon first. So, um, after I ran my first half, um, I, I knew at that point I, I could do well in the marathon. That's awesome. And you had a lot of success early on, right? When you came out of the gates, it was like everything yes. was just firing all cylinders, just kind of yes. continued exactly. going. Um, yeah. What was that transition like and what were the differences going from the collegiate scene to now on the roads competing yeah. against professionals? Um, I would definitely say, you know, the, the team, um, I missed that team dynamic because I was kind of, I was just running by myself. I was essentially just training myself. Um, I was also volunteer coaching at UW, um, for the women's, for the women's cross country team. Um, I was working two part-time jobs, <laughs> so that was very different. Um, I was honestly just like flying by the seat of my pants and, you know, running when I could. Um, uh, so it was, it was just totally different in, in every regard. But the biggest thing I would say is, you know, not having, uh, a coach to report to and not having your team running with you. Um, luckily I had, I was living with two of my um, best friends at the time who were also former Badger, okay. um, Badger. So Ashley Schumacher, um, formerly Butler, and then um, Carly Wolf. So I was living with them at the time, but they were also running. So, okay. um, so I got to run with them still. So it was like a mini team at that yes. point. <laughs> yes, it's a, it's a different kind of team, exactly, right? Yes. Um, and it takes the whole discipline level to kind of beyond what you would expect. Exactly. Not having that accountability yes. factor with the coach and the team exactly. aspect. Um, which is awesome. When did you jump into the marathon and talk about your marathon experience, first marathon experience and build up? First marathon experience was grandma's in 2015. Um, and that was such a fun race. So what happened, um, after I ran my first half marathon, um, that was the, that was Houston in 2014. Um, so I had a pretty stellar race there. Um, and Wazelle at the time they um, they were sponsoring me, so they were they were giving me gear and you know um, taking care of my travel to these big races. But after I ran Houston, um, they asked me to basically quit my full time job or my part time jobs and um, train full time. Full time. So um, you know, with that they they told me you know they. They would support me, um, you know, to make up for that income that I would be losing um, from my part-time gigs. So that was exciting, but also very scary because I I liked the part-time things that I was doing, and I kind of liked doing things on my own. But I really wanted to, you know, see what I could do if I was doing something full-time. You know, what you know, what could I what could I do on the roads? Um, so they asked me to reach out to Steph Bruce, um, Stephanie Rostein Bruce, um, and she was living in Flagstaff at the time and they wanted me to connect with her, um, so I could go out to, um, Flagstaff and train. Okay. Um, and, and they asked me if, you know, I would be, um, wanting to partner with her and have her as my coach. And I said, absolutely. Like, why not? Um, so, so yeah, um, went out to Flagstaff for a couple altitude stints, was training under Steph. We decided that, um, my first marathon would be grandma's 
and I was really excited about that. It's a beautiful course. I knew it was, you know, pretty flat. Um, so that buildup was, I would say, good. Um, however, challenging because I was kind of bouncing between Flagstaff and Madison okay. um, for about six months. Man, it's been so long. I don't even <laughs> remember the timeline. But I think... Um, I think it was about six months that I was bouncing between Flagstaff and Madison. And at the time I was dating my, um, you know, my husband. Um, so there were just a lot of, a lot of things going on and, um, but yeah, it was, it was, I loved my time out in Flagstaff. Um, but challenging because I was running super high mileage. Um, and I wasn't normally a really high mileage runner in college. So, my body, I think, was was kind of trying to figure out what was going on there. I was feeling a little a little run down during that marathon buildup, um, but you know, I got to the start line healthy, and I had um, I had a pretty solid race. I ran a two thirty five thirty something, I believe, um, and yeah, it was it was a good race. I was hoping to run faster. I was okay. shooting more for like a two thirty two, um, but. You know, I was I was happy with it. It was my debut, so I couldn't I couldn't be too upset. Um, so yeah, it was it was a challenging build up, I would say, but it was fun. I learned a lot, and it was fun working with stuff. Was it challenging, kind of in all aspects, with the traveling and with yeah. the mileage, or was it yeah. because it was the first time doing this marathon? Um, you know, I think I think it was mostly like the traveling, being away from home, yeah. um, and the high mileage. I just wasn't used to feeling so run down and I realized you know your first marathon buildup you're going to feel fatigued and that's something I tell my tell my athletes you know you're not going to feel amazing on every run that's no. just not feasible and um that's normal um but I I was running I think close to 100 miles a week and I was typically in college running anywhere from like 70 to 80. Okay. Uh, I don't think I, I, I rarely went over 80 miles a week in college. So that was a, kind of a big jump for me. And it was just, you know, getting used to, um, getting used to that fatigue. And, and in addition to that, you know, I had a lot of spare time <laughs> <laughs> and I, I wasn't, I, I just didn't know how to fill that time appropriately. Um, I just felt a little, bored <laughs> and um you know people will say oh well, that's so cool you're a professional runner you you know you basically just get to run and it was great you know for the first couple weeks um but then I got a little bored I would say um so I had to find things to do to kind of fill my time um and I think that was challenging mm -hmm. because I like having a lot of things going on. I kind of thrive off of the busyness in life. And, you know, now that running was my full-time job, it was, it was really all I had. And, um, and that was, that was a difficult transition, I would say, but, um, you know, I was still happy. I, you know, I, I loved running. So at that point I'm like, this, this is awesome. You know, anyone would, would kill to, to be in my shoes. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of how I felt about that. Yeah, and I think a lot of people from the outside who are not professional athletes look up and see like, oh man, you're a professional athlete, like you've got it so easy, like that must be awesome, that's what everybody's goal is. Mm -hmm. um, but if we take it back to the advice from your mom where find a place for college that mm -hmm. you could be happy without running, mm -hmm. and now all you have is running. Yes. So there is a really challenging aspect because if 
running's not going well, mm -hmm. that's your life. Exactly. Um, so there's, I feel like challenging pieces with that emotionally and psychologically. Exactly. Uh, did the, the group in Flagstaff and having kind of that team away from home um, help with any of that transition or were you totally able to bounce ideas off of them? And totally, yeah. So um, NAZ Elite is the group up in Flagstaff um, and they're coached by Ben Rosario and um, you know the the athletes now are different. There are still some members um, who, I who I know um, that are still running for NAZ Elite but others have left and others have come in so um, that group was super welcoming. They, not just for me but Anyone who comes and trains in Flagstaff, if they need a workout partner, if they need to jump into a workout, I know that NAZ Elite um, was was super welcoming and, um, you know, it's say, hey, come, Ben would say, hey, come join our workout. Um, or, you know, they would let me know if they were doing a long run on a Saturday or Sunday and they'd give me the invite, tell me where to go. And um, Steph was great about that too. She was like, you should go join them. And she was always encouraging me to, to get out and, and meet the other local runners in the area. and. Um, yeah, I would say that was really helpful for sure because it, they are a, a pretty tight knit group, yep. um, but they're also willing to, um, you know, open, open their arms and say, Hey, you runners come in, come join us. And that was really cool to be a part of. Yeah. Which is awesome that, especially as professional athletes, like your yeah. livelihood is built on beating each other, Exactly. right? You're all competing for the same spots, exactly. um, but then everybody is so welcoming and open mm -hmm. to help each other out and bring people in and yeah. transparency yeah. at times, which is really cool. Yeah. It's really, really cool. So that's a great group. I have nothing but um, great things to say about um, NAZ Elite and Ben Rosario and obviously Steph and Ben Bruce. They're wonderful. Yeah. Ben's a great, he's a really good guy. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. They're fantastic. Um, going back to your first marathon, everybody talks about hitting the wall. Mm -hmm. um, did you have that experience? Was there a point throughout the race where you really had to struggle through? You know, there was a point and I think it came at mile 18 and I realized, oh my gosh, I still have I still have, have, you know, eight miles to go. How am I going to do this? Um, but it was brief. It was like okay. a, it, I don't know, I don't know what happened. And maybe it was right before I, I took my, my fueling too. Um, but I think I did hit a bit of a wall more mentally. I think okay. I remember feeling really bad at that point, but, um, I, I think I, you know, played some mental games with myself. Okay, just make it like five more minutes or just make it up to that marker up there. And I think once I got to that, once I got over that little mental block, I I think that was when I was I was taking my fueling. And so I took the fueling and then I think I felt so much better. <laughs> um, and I actually ended up finishing my last mile was, was pretty quick. Um, so I think, yes, I hit a little bit of a wall, but I think it was more mental. You were able to work, I think kind I of was, work through it. I think I was able to work through it. Yeah. How long did it last? Um, probably I would say a mile. Okay. Probably. That's not bad at all. No. That's pretty nice. No. Yeah. Came at a good time too. Yeah. And the fuel was right yes, around the corner. Exactly. Which is cool. Yeah. Um, so that was 2015. Yes. Right. So that led into 2016. Correct. Um, the Olympic trials. Mm -hmm. How was that experience? That was, I would say, 10 times more challenging than training for grandmas, mostly because I had injuries. Okay. Um, again, I was bouncing back and forth between Madison and Flagstaff. Um, I had battled some Achilles tendonitis, and it was frustrating because I never, I never dealt with any injuries while I was in college. Um, and then I felt 
I was almost plagued with them once I started running professionally. And, you know, there's something to be said for, you know, when you're in college, you have all of these resources. You have people you can go see after your run and, you know, they'll kind of fix you right up yeah. and, you know, use Graston or do ART on you. And um, I didn't really have those resources anymore, um, or at least I didn't think I had those resources. Um, so, so I think that was frustrating because I had Achilles tendonitis, um, and I actually had, um, I think in, it was after, shortly after grandma's, I found out I had a stress reaction in my fibula. So I had to take some time off from that, uh, from running at that time. Um, and I essentially felt like I was, I was starting like new after that point because I had to take so much time off. So I felt like I didn't have really any, um, I didn't have any base going into my next training cycle and I just felt like I was starting fresh. Um, so, um, let me, let me go back. Um, so yeah, training for the trials was, was challenging because I had those, I had those injuries pop up. Um, but you know, I, I ended up getting healthy. Um, I finished my training cycle in Madison. So that was nice. Cause I felt, I felt like more at home. I felt like I could, um, kind of really focus and not worry about traveling. And, um, but it was, you know, it was good. I, I was healthy, um, about seven weeks out from the trial. So I could, um, kind of jump back into training, um, without feeling, I mean, six weeks is still not a lot of time, but, um, I was, I was healthy, like, out um and I had like two weeks where I had to kind of take off and um similar to what I'm doing right now actually. <laughs> but um but yeah it was challenging in that regard um but I got to the start line healthy and um yeah was able to was able to run at the 2016 trials the months leading up to that so you said 10 weeks out you ran a little bit and then had yes. an injury yes. how was it prior to that um, so it was really good. Okay. It, it was good. Um, I was, I was healthy. Um, you know, when I came back from that stress fracture in my fibula, um, I was healthy for an extended period of time. So I had some good training under my belt. Um, but yeah, the Achilles tendonitis came, popped uh, yeah, popped up at about 10 weeks out. Okay. So that was frustrating because I felt like, you know, again, I'm still running full time. Yeah. Um, this is my job. I need to be healthy to run at the trials. I want to make Wazelle look good. <laughs> um, you know, so when, when things pop up like that, when you're running full time, it is hard. Um, as you mentioned, because it is, it is your job. It's the one thing that you're doing and you want to be able to do it well. Um, when I had injuries, I almost felt guilty because mm -hmm. I couldn't run. And, um, and in addition to that, I, because I wasn't running, I had even more time than I already had. So it was, you spend a lot of time in your head. Um, and I was just a worry wart, I would say, when that Achilles tendonitis popped up. So luckily I got healthy. Um, you know, I, I had, I was probably running, um, 80 to 90 miles a week at that point. So, you know, I had a couple of down weeks, was still able to cross train. So when I jumped back in at seven weeks out, I still felt pretty fit. Pretty fit. Yeah. Was there 
somebody that you looked to? Is there another activity that you kind of relied on to help get you through those kind of mental roller coaster when you had that time off? Um, yeah, you know, I, I leaned a lot on my coach, Steph Bruce. She was still coaching me at that time. Um, and she was great because she understood it, um, you know, fully. Like she had battled injuries herself going into marathon buildups and kind of in the thick of marathon buildups. And um, so she understood, you know, my frustration and my concerns. Um, so I leaned a lot on her. And then, you know, um, my boyfriend at the time, um, or my yeah boyfriend, now husband, Tom, um, you know, he was kind of my sounding board and uh, talked to my mom a lot. My mom and I are really close. And um, so I, I had a great support system. And um, I think that that really helped for sure. Awesome. Yeah. How did the uh, the race play out? Uh, so <laughs> that was painful. <laughs> um, it was, I believe, a 10 a.m. start, if I remember correctly, in L.A. Yeah, it was. Um, and it, I think it was 80 degrees yeah. maybe at the start, if I remember correctly. But um, it was absolutely brutal. My watch um, actually didn't, it wasn't working. It was telling me I was running like 455 miles. Cruising. <laughs> like, okay, this is not, yep, yeah, this is this is not accurate. So I'm just going to kind of go by feel and look at the, you know, clock when I, when I run by it. So I actually, um, I think I started out too fast. I don't even remember my, like my splits, to be honest with you. But um, I think I... I ended up starting a bit quicker, especially for how hot it was. I probably would have been better off starting at, you know, like 6.30 pace and then, you know, cutting down. But um, that was a really, that was a tough, tough race just because it was so hot. I think the water at the water stations, were they were like, the water was scalding hot. It was, it was terrible. Then the, the, um, I think they passed out, um... They passed out like washcloths and those were hot. hot. Oh, uh, man. It was not, it was not good. <laughs> um, so I would say the first half went fine, but I definitely hit a wall at mile 20 and it was just a struggle. I was just basically crawling at that point mm -hmm. to the finish. So that was, that was hard, but my goal was to, um, I actually went in with the goal of um, trying to get into the top 30. So I think I was 26th or 29th. I, 26th or 29th? 26th, I think. Um, and so I was, I was happy with the so day. So mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Way. Yeah. My time obviously suffered. Um, it wasn't a, a record breaking day by any means, but, um, you know, I snuck into the top 30 yeah. and I finished. So I was, I was happy with the result. I remember watching it and thinking, this is great for, for television. It's yeah. good for us to watch this time, exactly. but I don't know why we started so, it was so late yeah. for you guys, because mm -hmm. it was miserable mm -hmm. to be running out there. Yeah, it was pretty terrible. Um, with, with the Olympic trials, a lot of times is, like, that's the big goal. Like, mm -hmm. the mission for years is to qualify and to compete at that event. Um, how was kind of your passion for the sport and the psychological aspect coming off of an Olympic trials race? Um, so, that's a great question. I actually... At that point, um, after the 2016 trials, I was mentally and physically just burnt out. Yeah. Um, because I had been running now for Wazelle for a couple years, and and let me reiterate, Wazelle is a fantastic company. They're they're 
the people within that company are amazing, super supportive, just wonderful human beings. Um, but you know, I felt in my heart that running professionally just wasn't for me anymore at that point in time. So I was just mentally, physically burnt out. The roller coaster ride of, um, you know, of professional running was, was a bit much over those couple years. So I think that was a time for me to reassess and, um, you know, think about what I wanted long-term for myself. And, um, I actually, so what, what I did was I, I ended up going back home. I applied for a full-time position. Um, I just felt like I needed something more in my life. I wasn't sure what it was at that point, but you know, um, I, I just wanted something structured and I wanted something, um, it sounds crazy, but I wanted something predictable because yeah. I was just kind of tired with the unpredictability of professional running and the roller coaster. Get off the roller coaster. Yeah. It sounds crazy. Like why would you ever want a nine to five job if you don't have to do it? But that's just where I was, you know, emotionally. And, um, so I ended up, um, applying for a full-time job at a financial advising company. And, um, I, I think a month after the trials, I started training for that job. So, wow. Um, I was an insurance coordinator there and, um, and then, you know, a couple months into that job, um, I, I realized there was something still kind of tugging at my heart and that was coaching. And, um, I actually, while I was in college at UW, I knew I wanted to coach in some capacity. I wasn't sure how, but I knew I didn't want to be a collegiate coach because, you know, um, from what I could tell when I was behind the scenes at UW, there was just a lot of traveling, a lot of being away from home. And I knew I wanted to start a family at some point. So I quickly realized, you know, this would not be conducive to, you know, the things that I want, yeah. um, down the road. So, um, so at that point I realized, you know, I can, I can coach people still, you know, it might not necessarily be on a collegiate level or, um, for me, I, I wasn't totally, um, I wasn't sure about like high school. Um, I liked the idea of working with people who knew that they wanted to run and, um, I wanted to work with of people, uh, or with people of all abilities. Okay. And so that's when I started my coaching business. Um, and that was, um, in July of 2016. Okay. So I was at North star, um, um, in March was working full time. And then in July is when I started my coaching business and that, um, fortunately kind of took off and, um, yeah, then and the, the rest is kind of history. So, um, so yeah, that was definitely a huge shift. I was now, you know, I went from running full time and having a lot of spare time to jumping into working full time, kind of like a nine to five job. And then, you know, come July, I was working um, a nine to five and then also, you know, running my coaching business and trying to make time for, you know, free time and spending time with my, um, you know, with my, um, now husband, but, um, but yeah, it was fun and I loved it. I, as I mentioned, I, I kind of thrive off of the busyness in life. So. Right. And that's like a pretty quick turnaround after mm -hmm. the trials, mm -hmm. um, that like a month later, you're already mm -hmm. getting into the workforce. Mm -hmm. Um, was that... Was that just a lot of self-reflection that came quickly or was, was this kind of it was, turning before? It was turning beforehand. Okay. Yep. I would say 
around the time I had that Achilles tendonitis, I I had some time to think Mm -hmm. and I had some time to reflect. And at that point, and it was building even before then, honestly, um, I kind of knew I wanted to take a break after the 2016 trials, just take a break from running and step back. Um, and honestly, I think it was the best thing I could have, I could have done for myself because that passion was always there for the sport, but it, um, you know, that, that light kind of went out. It, it kind of was dim for a little bit after the trials and kind of leading up to the trials. So, um, you know, the passion was always there, but when I took a step back, that's when the fire was almost reignited. And then I started running again, just for fun and going out, um, you know, on, on my own accord and, and fitting in runs when I could, that was my, um, running was then my stress reliever for the day, um, after a day at work or, um, you know, if I wanted to go do a long run, I could still do that on the weekend. So it was, it was nice still having running in my life, but it wasn't my life. (laughs) Yeah. How long after the trials did that happen? How how much time did you take off and then start getting yeah. back into... Yeah, so I think I took, I think I took like a full month off okay. after the trials. Um, and after the trial, or so after that point was when I, um, my, I was just getting antsy and I missed it at that point. So I knew then that the fire was reignited, yep. um, you know, I could go out and enjoy myself and it was a low pressure situation. I wasn't training for anything. I could just go run and release some stress and um, use running more as an outlet. And um, and that kind of, you know, took me back to, um, kind of took me back to the very beginning of, of running for me and just finding that joy and passion in it um, like I did when I was a kid. Yeah. So that was cool. How long did it take for that competitive spark to come back? A while, yeah. actually. Yeah. Um, probably, I would say... So I, I raced in, I'm trying to think if I even raced at all in 2016 after the trials. Um, I, uh, that's a good question. I would say probably almost a year. Okay. Yeah. For that competitive drive, competitive fire to, to come back. I'm, I'm naturally, I think just a competitive person, but, um, you know, more competitive within myself. So I just didn't feel quite ready immediately after the trials. I, I felt like, you know, I needed some time away from, from running. I needed time away from competing. I needed time just to focus on, you know, what did it, what is it that I, that I want, how do I want running in my life right Right. now? And, um, and the cool thing was at that point I was, um, I knew I wanted to coach too, so I had the idea of, of coaching in my mind, so I could also put a lot of that energy into starting my business and um, and then eventually kind of living, almost living vicariously through my athletes through in some way. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that was cool. Um, when was the first, the first race and how was that experience after, it seems like you took kind of the necessary time to, to find that why for mm-hmm. running again and get that joy and passion back, mm-hmm. um, which is, I think, something that a lot of people miss especially mm-hmm. when we get caught up in the competitive scene right um but then how was that transition back to being competitive did your mindset change at all or um you know i think i think i would say probably just the competitive 
missing like racing because I, I found a lot of joy in racing and testing myself in, yeah. in that environment. Um, so I think my first race back was Cellcom, maybe a Cellcom half marathon okay. in Green Bay. Um, and I don't even remember. So I think I got second. So Gabby Anzalone, I think, okay. um, ended up winning that race. So that was... I honestly, and I could be totally wrong. I don't even remember like my first race back after the trials because it's been so long. But I think it was Cellcom, um, and and that would would have been in 2017, possibly. Um, but yeah, that was that was super fun. It was great to get back into that um, environment and test myself in that way. Um, and I don't think I ran. I didn't run a, a fast time at all. But um, it wasn't about that for me at right. the time. It was just you know, about going, seeing what I could do, have fun, um, and kind of, um, you know, enjoy myself again. Yep. When did the 2020 trials start trickling into the mind of a goal? Oh, um, probably. So when did I race? So I ran, um, Madison Marathon in 2018. I would say, honestly, like around, um, around the time I started like finding that fire within me again. Um, so around the time I started racing after I did Cellcom, I think that made me realize, you know, I still love the sport. I love competing. I'm just a competitive person and I needed a tangible goal, right. um, for myself. I'm just a very goal oriented person. So long term, I, I think, um, you know, I, I knew I wanted to qualify again. That was like a big goal for me because I had found joy again in the sport. And at this point I could just train myself. I could run when I wanted to. I wasn't necessarily tied down, um, you know, or, or I wasn't being sponsored at that point. So I didn't feel like I had to race, you know, every month or every couple months. And I could kind of, um, navigate those waters on my own, which I, at that time I, I wanted to do. So, um, so yeah, probably shortly after I got back into racing in 2017 was when I, I knew that I wanted to set that goal for myself. And 2018 is when you qualified. Correct. Correct. Yes. And then soon after that, mm -hmm. you found that the family was going to grow. Yes. Life was going to change. Exactly. Yeah. So we were very, very fortunate. Um, you know, I had the goal of qualifying for the trials, but I also, um, bigger than that and beyond that, you know, I wanted to start, um, our family and, um, and I should say I have, I have a stepdaughter too. So I already feel like I'm, you know, um, I, I have a daughter, but, um, I, I wanted to grow our family and that was a big, a big, um, goal of mine and my husband. So, um, so yeah, it was kind of a whirlwind, you know, I ended up qualifying and about six weeks later found out I was pregnant with, with our daughter. So yeah, that was really cool. It was awesome. Yeah. Did you continue running throughout pregnancy or how did that, um, yeah. So my mom, it's funny because my mom, um, ran throughout her pregnancy. I think she, she actually ran the morning that she had me. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. She said, yeah, I went out for a little four mile run and then I went to Baskin <laughs> Robbins and got an ice cream cone. And then we went to the hospital cause she, it was, C she had C-sections for all four of us. So, um, yeah, so 
I thought, you know, my mom was running throughout her pregnancies. I'm sure I could too. Well, it's not that easy and <laughs> not, not everyone, you know, is, is the same. Right. Yep. So, um, I actually felt pretty terrible, um, while I was running, um, that I felt fine. I would say for the first trimester, yep. but when, once the second trimester hit, I, and once I, my belly started growing, I really started slowing down and paces that normally are very easy for me felt like a lot of work. So, um, at that point I knew I probably wasn't going to be stringing together, you know, eight mile runs. And at that point it was just, you know, I want to, I want to still get outside. Getting outside is, is great. I, I thrive off of being outside. And, um, so I wanted to still continue running if, if, you know, my body allowed it. So I was running, you know, at the most probably 30 minutes beyond the, um, beyond that, well, once I entered the second trimester, I was just going out for like 30 minute runs okay. and and I would throw in some walking there towards the last trimester. I was just doing run walks and okay. it was just a way for me to get outside and, and still move. Cause I just, I get crazy if I, if I'm like sitting and I'm like, I have to just get outside <laughs> yeah. and do something. So yeah. It was almost like you had another one of those blocks where you had a competitive side and yes. then it was... Just run for the joy of it. Exactly. Run for the stress relief. Yes. Being in nature. Exactly. So it's yes. like a perfect little break. Yeah, exactly. To have. Yep. Um, yeah, it was nice. Came at a good time, you know, after the trials. So That's awesome. Yeah. How was... So my my wife and I have a son. Yeah. And I know the whole, the kind of the... Everybody talks about pregnancy is great. Yes. Giving yes. birth is great. Yes. But there's not a lot of talk about returning to running and yeah. the support postpartum. Mm -hmm. yes. How was that transition for you yeah. after giving birth? Yeah. So, um, yeah, the pregnancy itself was, was actually great. I mean, I, I never got nauseous. I, I felt really good. I actually enjoyed being pregnant. Um, and so once Rose was here, it was just, it was amazing. Um, I, you know, we were just so in love and, uh, but you know, when we, when you come home from the hospital, you don't have like the nurses coming in <laughs> no. and, you know, re-swaddling the baby and passing her off to you and when she needs to feed. So, you know, coming home, there were just, um, and I, and I should say, you know, we don't have family here. So, um, uh, you know, my, my parents came in and my in-laws came in the, the day she was born, but they had to, they had to leave, um, you know, the next day. So coming home with Rose, you know, my emotions were just all over the place. I would say baby blues are a real thing. I don't think a lot of people talk about it, but those first two weeks after she was born, I was just so emotional. I would cry at random things. My husband would, would come home from being where, and I would just start crying. Like, I don't know. I think I'm hurting her when I'm changing her diaper. <laughs> um, you know, so that was, there were just so many hormones going on in my body. And like, how do I, you know, how do I navigate these waters? And, um, it, and two, I'm a people pleaser. So I want to make sure everyone else is happy. I want to make sure, you know, Rose is good. Stella, my stepdaughter's good. I want to make sure my husband is good. So, um, you know, yeah, pregnancy is a beautiful thing. And, um, but you're carrying a human for nine months. And then once the baby comes out, it's like, okay, you have to figure this out. And, um, so yeah, I would say those first two weeks were challenging emotionally and mentally mm -hmm. for sure. And I felt so cooped up because 
I'm used to being outside and kind of being on the run and not spending too much time in in my house. So those first two weeks, I was just inside with Rose and my husband owns his own lawn and landscape business. So he was actually gone a lot, um, you know, those first two weeks. And um, and that was, that was challenging, um, like I said, because I felt really cooped up. Yeah. Um, but luckily my mom came in, um, for that first week once she was, um, when Rose was here and she helped out a ton. And, um, again, having like those support systems, having your spouse or your family, um, you know, really leaning on them, um, is huge. So I definitely, you know, I would take advantage when my mom came in, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go run some errands. I'm going to get out of the house a little yeah. bit. You know, we ended up taking walks together with Rose and, um, and then when my husband would come at night or come home at night, we would, you know, spend time together and kind of chat about the day. And, um, you know, so just having those, having those people in my life was, was huge. Um, I, I didn't, you know, struggle from postpartum depression, but I would say the, the baby blues, those two weeks after having her were just really challenging because everything is so new. And again, you're kind of cooped up, but, um, you know, I wish more people would, would talk about, you know, the emotions that come from having pregnancy, because I, I would say I'm a, I'm not a super emotional person. Like I feel like, um, it was all very new to me. So when I was like crying at random things, I'm like, why am I crying? This is crazy. So yeah, I, I think if I, if someone would have told me, Hey, this is something you could expect, you know, you might be really emotional after those, after, you know, the, the days after having a baby, um, that would have helped a little bit, but you know, I figured it out. And, um, again, I'm, I'm just very blessed. Uh, I feel very blessed to have the support system because that's, you know, that's what it's all about. That's awesome. What was the transition getting back into running then? How long did you take? Did you have somebody that you talked to about the transition? Yeah. Was it kind of just your gut feeling when to get back into it? Yeah. So, um, I actually, um, I ended up taking six weeks completely off. Um, my labor was pretty rough. I, um, just felt really beat up after it. Um, so I wanted to make sure that everything was kosher physically before I even started like trying to run. Yep. Um, so yeah, I took six weeks off completely and really the, the main thing I leaned on, um, you know, other than like my husband, um, was just listening to my body and kind of letting my body be the one to tell me, you know, if I'm ready or not. So, um, I think I was at home, I was visiting Peoria, Illinois one weekend and I felt really good. I, um, I felt healthy and felt antsy to run. So I think I went out for like a short, um, you know, 20 minute run walk. And that was almost exactly six weeks postpartum. Okay. And, uh, and felt great. So that's kind of when I started back up again. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. How was the kind of the transition and knowing that the trials were like, five months or so away after you got started? Yeah. Um, so the great thing was I kind of viewed, you know, qualifying for the trials was kind of my main goal. And obviously I wanted to toe the line in Atlanta, but I also was realistic, you know, um, I have an infant here and <laughs> I'm also at that time I was also working full time and I had my coaching business. So, um, I had all of these, 
these things going on. Um, and I should, I should go back. I wasn't working. Um, I was on maternity leave, you know, the first three, um, three months, um, you know, after having Rose, but, um, I knew that after those three months, I would go back to work full time. I would still have my coaching business. I would still be, you know, a wife and a mother and, you know, have other things going on in my life. So I was realistic about the fact that it might not happen. And I was okay with that. I was okay. totally at peace awesome. with, with that. So, um, so yeah, I fortunately am, am healthy now, knock on wood. We're two weeks out from the trials. So, um, so yeah, it's been a fun journey and my husband has been, um, has been wonderful. Like once I went back to work, I would, so I would go work, you know, I was working 10 hour days at the office. Um, so I could take Tuesdays off and spend time with Rose. Okay. Um, so my boss was really nice about that once I went back to work. Um, you know, so I'd go work, come home, Tom would take care of the house stuff, you know, make dinner. He was taking care of Rose at that point. And, um, you know, and then I could, while he was making dinner, I could do some coaching. Um, we'd eat, I'd go back to doing some coaching, spend some time with Rose. And um, I did that for a couple of days and then I realized, you know, this isn't gonna work. <laughs> um, because I was also, you know, running too. So there were just a lot of variables and um, that's when I realized I was, you know, I was gonna quit my full-time job, so. So how did you balance the, the running, being a mother, coaching business, being an employee, all of that? Um, you know, it was, um, I think when, when I was on maternity leave, I was already kind of trying to balance um, different variables. So I still had my coaching business. Um, you know, I was spending time with Rose. I was still training. So I still had those variables I could kind of practice balancing. Um, but I knew that once I went back to work full time, that would be a whole other beast. So I was mentally kind of trying to prepare for going back to work, um, but also trying to, um, you know, make sure that I was focusing on the right things. You know, my coaching business is really important to me. Um, my husband obviously is very important to me. My family is more important to me, or my, um, you know, my family is my number one priority. So um, kind of just figuring out, you know, what's most important to me and then prioritizing my time. Um, so I'm giving my time to the right things. Um, and again, I think the time management thing, I had a lot of practice with that yeah. in college. And um, I think I've gotten pretty good. I'm not 100% dialed in yet because I'm still navigating the waters of motherhood and um, you know all of the variables that come along with that. So. Um, so yeah, I think I, I, I'm, I'm not dialed in quite yet, but you know, I think I'm, I'm getting there. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> How has the, the buildup been and from a running side? Um, it's also had its challenges. <laughs> yeah. Also had its challenges. Um, I had, uh, I actually, um, the first week of January, it was the day I announced that I would be um, running for Wazelle at the trials, I went out for a speed workout. It was going to be my first actual like hard workout that I was planning to do. Um, and I was out in Pheasant Branch and I slipped on some black ice and I kind of landed funny and immediately I noticed something like some tightness in my calf and I thought maybe it was just, you know, 
maybe just tweak something, it'll probably be fine. I ended up finishing the run and I felt okay. Um, I noticed a couple like twinges in my calf, but, um, but long story short, I ended up straining my calf um, uh, during that workout. So I ended up having to take, again, like two weeks off. Um, that seems to be the trend here. But um, I just jumped on the bike. I rode hard on the bike and still got some quality in that way. Yeah. Um, and then fortunately when I tried my first run back, I was good. Everything's good to go. And um, I'm running very, I think the most I've, I've been putting together is 45 miles a week. Okay. So I'm running super low mileage. Normally I'm running about 80 if I'm going to be training for a marathon, anywhere from 80 to 90. Um, so I'm running half of that. Um, I haven't done any speed work. Um, I haven't really, I've only done a couple hard workouts within long runs, um, you know, over the past three months. So right now it's kind of just about getting to the start line healthy, you know, enjoying myself. Um, I'm going to go in and try to run a smart race. Um, I know it will be challenging because it's a very hilly course. So yeah. um, tactically, I want to run a smart race and, um, you know, see what I can do given the low mileage I'm running, but also um, everything else that's going on in my life. So we've, uh, Thomas is big into the Atlanta course. Like yeah. He's, yeah. Got, he's <laughs> yeah. all worried about the elevation changes. So I yeah. know some of his athletes that are running there yeah. are doing workouts yeah. with similar elevation changes. Yeah. Is that something that's that great. you've done as well during long run workouts or? Um, so there is actually, um, there's a trail that runs along, um, uh, the highway going out to like Wanakee. Okay. Um, there's a paved trail and some of it is hilly. I've been going on that, um, when the weather allows. Um, but, and then I run quite a bit in the ARB um, okay. with my friend and athlete Hannah, um, who also qualified for the trials. So the ARB is nice cause it's rolling and yep. you get some hills in that way. Um, but to be honest, no, I haven't, I haven't really been doing any crazy hill workouts or anything like that, especially with my calf. I didn't yeah. want to test it. <laughs> I didn't want to piss it off. So just stay healthy. Exactly. Goal number one. <laughs> exactly. Yep. You mentioned, uh, your athlete Hannah, how is it going into the trials knowing that you've got a couple of the athletes that you're coaching yeah. alongside you? Oh, it's so fun. And I, you know, when this calf thing popped up, I kind of said to myself, you know, if I, if I can't go run at the trials, I'm still going to go cheer on, you know, my athletes, Jessa and Hannah and, um, and go support my fellow Wazelle teammates. So it's honestly super cool to be, you know, a small part of their journey. They work so hard and, um, just to, to follow them while they were racing. I remember tracking Jessa during the Chicago marathon and tracking Hannah at Houston and, I just got goosebumps, yes. you know, it's just so cool to be a part of that and know firsthand how hard they work and, you know, they both work full time, um, in addition to, to the training they're putting in. So, um, just to be a part of that was really cool and I'm just super excited and super proud of them and I can't wait to toe the line with them. I'm going to be bringing up the caboose, so <laughs> I'll, I'll wish them luck and say go kill it. So yeah, I'm excited. The, going off of what you said about them working full-time and you working and being a mother and there's a lot of um, other athletes in the field mm -hmm. that are in similar places as yes. you guys. I feel like yeah. that is just super inspiring for mm -hmm. people out in the community to know that 
you can work full time, you can start a family and still run at a high level and yeah. accomplish a lot of the goals that you set forth. It may look a little differently yes. than it has in the past, exactly. but you can still do it, which yes. is awesome. And thank, thank you. you to you guys for inspiring people. Thank that you. Way. That's that's really sweet. Thank you. Um, what are the, the goals, trials and post trials with regards to your running? Um, so goals at the trials, um, yeah, just go run smart race, um, not blow up, <laughs> um, and yeah, have fun. Um, I, I also want Jessa and Hannah to have good races too. So, uh, you know, I'll go there to be a support system for the, for them as well. Um, post trials, I honestly haven't, I haven't put anything on the calendar. I was just talking to Hannah about it um, fairly recently about, you know, maybe doing some, jumping into some trail races. Awesome. I'm not going to be an ultra marathoner or anything like Jessa. Or <laughs> I'm not going to be doing any crazy hikes or 50 mile races. I'm going to leave that to her. But, um, but yeah, maybe jumping into some, some local trail races. I love trail running. Um, I, I wish I could do more of it, but just from a timing perspective for me, I would have to go drive to the trails. And, yes. Um, and that's hard, but, um, I grew up in, so I grew up in Peoria and just ran a lot of, I did a lot of runs on trails, um, with my team and with some of the guys in the area and I just, I loved it. So I'd like to get back into doing some, some trail runs more just for fun. Um, and then yeah, maybe jumping in some half marathons. I don't know if I'll do another marathon, um, in 2020, but I'm going to kind of, um, kind of. Just see how I'm feeling. See and how it goes. Yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of play it, play it out, um, and see what happens. But that fire to compete will always be within me. That drive will always be there. So I'm sure I'll compete in some capacity. Um, you know, for as long as my body will allow. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. And the the trail community was in uh, Madison specifically is phenomenal, and yeah. it's growing, which yeah. is great. And there's yeah. a ton of really good trails and places to run in the area. Yeah. But getting to them and the time management piece is the hard part. Exactly. Um, so kind of changing gears from your running to your athletes running. Mm -hmm. um, tell us about your coaching business, the name um, and kind of how that got started and yeah. your mission with that. Yeah. So uh, Fearless Feet Running is the name of my business. Um, again, I started that back in 2016. After I started my full-time job, um, you know, I, I realized, okay, I have this nine to five job that's that's great you know there's a steady paycheck there um but it wasn't necessarily giving me you know fulfillment and um coaching was something I knew I always wanted to do so started that in 2016 and um it's great because I can work with local local athletes but um, I can also work with athletes from all over the country. So that's kind of where I'm at now. I have um, some local athletes here in Madison and the surrounding areas, but um, I also have athletes from all over the country. And um, so my business, because it's online, I can, I can work with people of, um, you know, all abilities and from, you know, people from all over the country. So it's really fun. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, going into... Some rapid fire questions. We'll kind of transition. Okay. Um, we're going to stick with the coaching piece. Okay. But what's your favorite uh, memory from one of your athletes racing wise? Oh, um, honestly, just at the top of my head, probably um, Hannah and Jess's qualifiers for the Olympic trials. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. Super exciting. I, I know I was watching Hannah and uh, um, updates. Yeah. And looking like, oh man, she's crushing it. Like, yeah. She just keeps crushing it. Yeah. Waiting, like, just 
hoping that each each mark was gonna yeah. be the same and yeah. she absolutely crushed it. Yeah. Yeah. Um biggest piece of advice you give to your athletes. Mm. Or your favorite piece of advice. Yeah, I would say it, it hits close to home. Um, you know, I want running to always be fun for my for my athletes. Um, you know, I, I don't and I say that with, you know, um, being realistic about, you know, some days you're not going to want to run, you know, that's just a matter, you know, that's just a matter of fact. It's some days are going to be harder to get out than others, but you know, if the passion is, is there, you know, um, I want to keep that fire alive in them and I, I want them to enjoy the sport. So, um, if they ever get to a point where they feel like running is a chore or it's like a full-time job or, um, they're not finding joy in it. I, I tell them, you know, please be vocal with me. Tell me that. And then at that point, you know, we just take a step back and we kind of reassess and we, we talk it out and we decide, you know, is, is this, is this goal that you're, that you're going after is, is this worth it? You know? Um, and most of the time, all of them say, yes, it's worth it, but we need to take, we need to take a step back, maybe take a couple days off, maybe go cross train. Um, because you know, if, if you don't, if you don't love it, um, you know, what's the point? So, um, that's kind of, that's kind of my, my piece of advice there. That's awesome. That's awesome. Favorite place to run in Madison? Oh, favorite place. Honestly, probably the Arb. I love the Arb. It's just a go-to. It's so pretty, especially in the, in the fall. Um, and I love the, you know, they have the, there's the Arb loop, you know, on pavement, which I love doing, you know, training for the marathon, but, um, you know, you also have the trails within the Arboretum itself and, so pretty. So. Yeah, I think it's, it's the best of both worlds. Yeah, right? you can hit the trails. Exactly. You can do some speed work on the, the exactly. loop. Exactly. Yeah. It's awesome, and there's so yeah. many people out there running. Yeah. So it's great yeah. to just be around other runners and see. A lot of times you're seeing friends that you know out there exactly. running too. Yeah. Um, favorite cross country course you ran on in college? Oh, that is a good question. Um, honestly, probably our home course. It's yeah, <laughs> Zimmer. Um, it's it's awesome. It's just such a beautiful course. It's challenging. You've yeah. got some hills. Um, great spectator course, but um, it's just so beautifully groomed, and uh, it's yeah, wonderful. I, I would completely agree. I yeah. I don't even think it's close. Yeah, for me, like yeah. Madison Zimmer's by yeah. far the best yeah, cross country sure. course for sure. Awesome. Um, any last words? Where can people reach out to you if they want to? Um, so you can email me. Um, uh, my email is actually, um, in my Instagram, um, uh, Caitlin at fearlessfeetrunning.com if you want to email me. Um, but yeah, I'm on social media. I'm on Instagram. So feel free to shoot me a direct message if, if you want to chat. Awesome. So <laughs> check that out, listeners. The couple <laughs> people we have. Um, Caitlin, thanks very much. This was phenomenal. So thanks for sitting down, taking the time. Um, good luck at the trials. Thanks for being an inspiration for a lot of people here in the community. Great. Thanks so much, Spencer. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, This will be a conclusion. And remember to trust the process. And everything is funner with Wisconsin Runner.